You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 102, Vanessa Scalavino, Carlisle Customs, Classics, and Coachworks, LLC. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, we speak with our friend Vanessa Scalavino about the company's transfiguration she and her business partner and father, Vinny Scalavino, have been staring. The Carlisle Customs, Classics, and Coachworks team is transforming their 86,000-square-foot Shippensburg, Pennsylvania building into a state-of-the-art green facility that will be a destination spot for all things automotive. It's time to learn all there is to know about this unique 121-year-old transportation facility. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren, and this is episode 102. Thank you so much for being part of it. We are excited for you to listen in and hear more from the Scalavino family. In fact, uh, Vanessa took time to meet with us. This interview goes on um, for about 40, 45 minutes. I think you're really going to enjoy it as she talks a lot about the fact that uh, she and her dad, uh, as business partners, as you heard in the opener, are taking on and have taken on a massive project. Uh, the building, I've been there, it's incredible. And uh, it's just like, as Vanessa said, it's almost like a car restoration in the sense that you're doing a complete restoration on a building that dates back to 1899. There's a massive safe in the, uh, like room size safe that they uh, once had uh, stored silk uh, during this, one of the, its iterations as a factory really a fascinating story and they're making this building into something special it's going to be a place where everyone can, can congregate they'll have an art museum for all things automotive they'll have merchandising uh, they'll have um, storage for your vehicles and in fact they have a they'll have a collector room where you can have your high priced high-end vehicle fully secured monitored you can then have a direct uh, security camera feed to your phone that you can then monitor at any given time and see your vehicle. So really putting a lot into this operation and excited for you to hear all of that. So we'll get to that in a minute. Wanted to say a very special thanks to our friends and corporate sponsor, Porsche Mechanicsburg. Thanks to them. And uh, once we are able to get back to car shopping, encourage you to check them out. Also wanted to let you know we've been doing some analytics and, and really watching where our audience is coming from, the downloads and what have you. And we thought we'd do a little uh, feature here for the next several weeks and highlight some of the countries that have been really huge fans beyond the United States. And a special thank you to España, Spain. You have been a huge part of this following and the downloads. Thank you to the country of Spain and our friends and or I should say our amigos and amigas uh, in Spain. We'll listen in at the very end of the show. We'll do our, our parting shot in Spanish and uh, want to again say thank you very, very much. It's been uh, a real treat to have uh, 
fans from all over the world. And, and certainly I was in Madrid many years ago and hope to get back um, uh, to Spain as soon as I can. But uh, we figured that in that spirit, we'll make today's trivia question along those same lines. So what car manufacturer is best known for the country of Spain and the sense that they have produced over the, the uh, millions of cars? In fact, uh, they were the eighth largest automobile producer in the world and the second largest in Europe uh, right after Germany. So what is that Spanish car company? That answer at the end of the show. So now let's go to Skype as we are respecting the, the sheltering and the social distancing. We talked with uh, Vanessa Scalavino remotely, so pardon the, uh, the sound quality. But listen in now as you hear there's some great things happening with our friends, the Scalavinos. Let's go there now. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren, and I am here in Studio A, and I'm on the phone today with Vanessa Scalavino. She is uh, she runs Carlisle Customs and Classics. Vanessa, thanks for making time this afternoon on Friday. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Sure, and actually, it's Good Friday, so uh, happy Easter weekend to yeah. <laughs> your dad, Vinny, and the family. Yes, thank you. You you guys too. Well, and great. To, and to Rick and your, your family. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we're, it's going to be different for everybody this year, but um, we'll, we'll muster through and, and do just fine and adjust as we go. So that's, that's all we can exactly. do. Exactly. Well, really wanted to, if uh, fans know, this is going back to episode 74, we interviewed Vanessa and her father, Vinny, at their shop just uh, west of Newville, not quite to Shippensburg. Uh, that was last year, and we had talked then, and, and Vanessa in particular alluded to some big projects and things happening for their company, and uh, much has happened since then. Now, granted, with uh, some things that are happening around us in the world right now that has put uh, uh, timeline impacts and some things, so whereas we were excited to have uh, Vanessa share some dates and things on soft launches and, and when things are going to be happening at the building, I know you're adjusting to that, Vanessa, and, and no one really knows what the next four, eight, 12 weeks may hold for us. So we're just going with the flow. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you can do. Right. So I'm really excited just to have the Cubers hear about that project that you had talked to uh, all of us about and what that's meaning because there is a massive, uh, massive work being done in Shippensburg. And if you will, talk a little bit about the 86,000 square feet that your company has now acquired and making into uh, a bit, not only a, a shop for uh, rods and customs and things, but a bit of a destination spot, which I'm really excited about. Okay, sure. Um, yes, uh, it, is, it is exciting and something we've been working for and towards for a few years now. Uh, and finally, we're able to bring it, bring it home. So basically, we have an 86,000-square-foot facility um, with an additional 10,000 square feet of uh, courtyard space that used to be the Hoffman Mills complex in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, which was a textile mill for over 100 years. Um, until about 2005 when they uh, shut down and the uh, building was basically abandoned and vacant uh, for over 10 years until uh, we became interested in it. And for the last couple of years, we've been slowly renovating the facility. Um, and uh, a few months ago, we were lucky enough to uh, get some funding to finish the massive renovation project. So... Uh, we are slowly rounding up uh, renovations. We were scheduled to basically be done with them uh, 
within the next month, which now, obviously, because of everything that's going on around us, that will be delayed. But we are still uh, looking forward to moving forward uh, as soon as we can uh, with finalizing the construction. And then it will be... Uh, It'll be Carlisle Customs Classics and Coachworks LLC, um, which will be an automotive de- destination for all types of automotive services and events. There will be a 10,000 square foot uh, restoration center, which will just all be bodywork, uh, fabrication, custom, um, custom classics, antiques, exotics, everything like that, um, which is our current main. Um, body of work that we have been doing uh, through my family's company, Carlisle Customs and Classics, over the last four years since my dad started it. Uh, we will also have a 17,000-square-foot painting facility, which will be dedicated. We have a heated booth uh, that will be used for painting the customs and restorations, but we'll also offer uh, industrial painting applications and collision Painting, basically everything from all the different entities of the facility will uh, go there to be painted. Uh, there's a three-part prep area for wet sanding and buffing, and uh, there'll be a large um, priming area. So it'll just basically be a massive overhaul from our current facility, which is about 5,000 square feet, to now have almost 20 times that amount of space, mm-hmm. spreading everything out into the different departments so that we can handle everything in-house. Uh, even better than we're currently doing, and so that everything can be done efficiently and cleanly, and uh, one one brand doesn't necessarily take away uh, space or resources from another, so they can all kind of work in conjunction. We'll uh, also have a uh, 10,000 square foot upholstery shop where we already do a lot of uh, restoration and custom upholsteries, anything from the seat cover replacements to full. Um, wood, metal, fiberglass uh, bases for custom consoles, headliners, trunk panels, um, anything, uh, custom electronics, dashes, AC um, add-ons, and uh, custom steel. We do that now with steel and aluminum uh, dash pieces and uh, kind of rebuilding the foundations to really make some of these resto mods have uh, killer interiors and then also... Uh, Going back with classic, either, you know, we can, of course, handle seat cover replacements, but we also can do custom patterning or uh, complete restoration with original materials uh, for older automotive uh, projects. And uh, there will be a 10,000-square-foot collision facility. Uh, We do service all uh, collision cars now, but we also have a focus on classic collision. A lot of insurance companies will refer jobs to us from Pennsylvania and surrounding states uh, when a classic has been involved in a collision or some type of uh, damage has occurred to the vehicle. And then we will also have a 30,000 square foot uh, concierge climate controlled parking area where uh, customers will, either customers of our customers or people from the area or out of, out of the area will be able to store their vehicles. They'll have their own Set space, uh, battery tenders, they'll be checked on uh, on a bi-weekly basis and we'll report cards sent to each of the owners. They'll be stored in an area that's completely locked, uh, have video cameras, surveillance, uh, climate and humidity control, 
and there will actually also be a private collector room where if somebody has a few cars and they wanted to, you know, just check in on them on occasion, they would actually have a private video feed that shows them just their section uh, with their vehicles and that they could check at their convenience. Um, and then the last part of it, which is really cool, is going to be, uh, it'll be a showroom, it'll be the center where you first walk in, the front entry, which is about 5,000 square feet, but there is going to be not only a showroom for our work and our projects, but also retail sales for um, kits that we'll be making, uh, like upholstery installation kits that you can use, certain parts that we'll be making in-house, but also uh, retailing uh, certain popular custom parts from different vendors that we have dealer licenses with. Uh, but the more exciting part is going to be the art gallery portion, mm-hmm. which is that will be featuring automotive-inspired art from uh, various artists around the country. We have already um, an arrangement with uh, Moto Girl Art, uh, which is awesome. She's amazing. Uh, Noelle Dumas. Man, she was a guest artist, on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, we have um, a few other artists. We're trying to get Dale Clean, a few other people in. Um, so, And we have a couple of other local artists that are in the Carlisle area that are artists and photographers um, that we would like to feature as well. And it'll be basically like any other art gallery, it's curated space, um, different artists in different times pacing their artwork, um, which could be sold for consignment, but also just displayed so that people in the area can kind of come and visit and just look around the showroom like, you know, like any other art gallery or museum. It'll be free, free admission. And, uh, and then we're also going to do a lot of community events uh, with car shows and stuff, but I can go more in, into detail about that, like with dates and everything at a later date, but we will have a grand launch at some point in the mm-hmm. near future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we plan to be and there. And we're planning on... <laughs> exactly. We definitely uh, want to have many more uh, podcasts with Darren and Cars with Carlisle. And then also uh, we're planning on doing cars, uh, general cars and coffee uh, once a month where we'll have like food trucks and just like a little four-hour um, meet-up on maybe like Sunday mornings is what we're thinking. Just once a month come... Get some coffee, donuts. Um, it'll be uh, open. Our, our we have parking for several hundred cars between the multiple lots around the building. So it's just kind of a free flow, just kind of car hangout for people to just come and and meet and talk. And then also it'll raise money for varying local charities. Uh, every month will be a different charity that rotates. So mm-hmm. probably like a three or a five dollar entry fee um and then you know any type of awards or anything like that would all we would just donate all uh, the funds for that that way 100 percent of it goes to charity but that's uh what we're looking forward to just trying to make it an extension of the area which is you know very automotively focused and people mm-hmm. have a lot of interest in rods customs restorations in this area and obviously there's carlisle events which is what originally attracted my family to the area. So it'll just be something to keep that going on a smaller, much smaller basis, but just kind of local meetups and, you know, people can see the shop, do shop tours, but also just kind of check out new artists, new automotive um, furniture, uh, nostalgia pieces, 
uh, that will be rotating throughout the gallery um, as it goes on. Excellent. Well, do you plan to have a, like a, a merchandise area and some other things along with the, the um, kind of like the, fr the front reception and the art area and all that? Would, would that merchandising be in the, in the works as well? Um, yes. Okay. So we will have, uh, we'll have merchandising as far as, you know, shirts and stuff like that, sure. like mm -hmm. from our shop. Um, but then we'll also have the art, which would be, you know, there are pieces that are custom pieces that would be confinement. And then there's also, um, like with, uh, Moto Girl Art Studios, for example, she has prints. So those would be available for retail sale. Uh, there'll also be, uh, we have dealer arrangements with, you know, billet specialties, uh, roadster shop, uh, frames, different things, uh, Summit, some of the bigger groups. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll try to keep a few. We're not going to have a huge parts display, but we will be able to order parts for anybody who wanted it. And we will have kind of a couple of key parts on display at all times that would be available for retail sales, things that we think are popular, um, unique items that, you know, would be uh, attractive to other people who are building custom parts, uh, especially just because there's a lot of pieces that we end up needing to order all the time. Sure. Uh, so we'll things like that that we can't really find in this area. We'll have kind of a specialty custom retail shop for that. And then we'll also be selling automotive um, inspired furniture, uh, desks, couches, um, specialty lamps made out of uh, upcycled or repurposed automotive parts. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we'll be doing in-house that we'll have for sale in the gallery. But yeah, basically it'll be, Anything automotively inspired um, will be eligible. Um, we'll probably also open it to just transportation inspired because the Rails for Trails is right across the street from our building. And uh, actually, our building uh, used to have a, a railroad that was its own kind of private delivery uh, yeah. just because for the factory so and for those we'll that are open it up to that as well i was gonna say and for those that maybe aren't as exactly familiar with shippensburg you're essentially walking distance to the shippensburg university campus am i right mm -hmm. yeah we're right across the street um from from the campus uh when you first pull there's the, the parking lot for the building is on earl street which is directly facing the campus mm -hmm. and we're on seneca street which is a little bit inset from that but um so yeah, we're very close uh, to Shippensburg University campus. We're diagonal from Pizza Man, if anyone knows where, where that is, and uh, next to Penelope, uh Utilities. So it's kind of a large building oh, uh, in the middle of town, but yeah. just a little bit tucked off the main the main strip, I guess you would say. So mm -hmm. um, definitely possible people who aren't familiar with the area would not know where it was because quite honestly i forgot about the building for a while until we started looking in this area and um yeah and then we, we but every day that we're here working and doing things it's always interesting because there's over 375 people who are employed by hoffman mills um over you know probably four generations mm -hmm. so pretty much everybody in the town of Shippensburg has a story or I worked there or my mother worked there mm -hmm. or my grandfather worked there. So it's definitely interesting. And we're trying to put a lot of history from the building back into place because, you know, 
we will be providing more jobs and expanding our own staff, but we'll definitely not get to the point that we have 375 <laughs> jobs. So we're trying, we're trying our best to improve right. the building and improve the area and uh, just bring bring a different a, a different service and uh, a different amenity to this area. But I think people will be really excited when they see it as we went through and slowly kind of stripped the building down because uh, it wasn't such. You know, it was terrible repair. We basically had to redo the entire roof. Um, and so, but we took our time to take out the systems that, you know, we would be renovating and replacing, but also to try to keep as many things that could be like mementos or kind of little time capsules for the building's original purpose. Most of the heavy equipment or any type of textile equipment was gone by the time we bought it. But sure. there were certain gauges and clocks and calendars and signage um, that we were able to keep throughout the process of renovating it. So we are also going to have um, one wall in the showroom is going to be like a dedicated uh, mural and showcase just for the transition of the building through, through the years and feature some of these pieces that we were able to salvage and restore. Um, which I think will be really nice. And on the other side will be kind of a time capsule of our family's business as it's progressed from New York to the Colorado area and now to this bigger building in Shippensburg and kind of the transition that it's gone through. So I think it will be cool to have kind of like this multi-generational building and multi-generational company mm -hmm. coming together. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be nice. And then there'll be cool furniture and stuff throughout the building. We're going to make our conference room table uh, our conference room is actually going to be an old vault i remember that when that it, they had in the building yeah i remember <laughs> last uh like it was fourth quarter i stopped by and got a full tour at that time in the in the process the project itself and that uh, the safe or now the conference room impressed me so much i just kept thinking uh talk about soundproof i mean that that is unbelievable reinforcement also your your exactly. bunker your safe room if you needed it I, I know, I know. Supposedly the safe, uh, the vault door doesn't work anymore, but we'll definitely have to look into that, make sure no one gets locked in. But yeah, um, I know, and that's definitely the room that we had said if you wanted to have host any of your podcasts, yes. you're welcome to use. Absolutely, will be great. No, I remember. Uh, and I would but appreciate yeah, that. pretty crazy. It's a 12-inch thick cement wall on all sides. <laughs> and floor and ceiling, and it was the only non-leaking ceiling in the whole building, as you can imagine. Um, and yes, uh, 12 inches. And apparently, uh, as I learned later doing the research and trying to pull historical pictures and pieces of history over time to put this wall together, uh, when the building was first built, in, well, the building was built in like 1899, but the part with the safe, I think was added in 1922 when it was a silk mill. Um, and it's a Piedmont silk mill, and they used to lock all the silk in there because it was so valuable. Okay. And uh, and as it went through the depression, I guess people, you know, they became more wary of people trying to loot the loot the factory for silk. So they built this, you know, enormous safe room <laughs> just to house the silk. But wow. yeah, so it's, it's definitely a cool it's a cool vibe, and we're mm -hmm. taking two of the pedestals that used to be uh, the die floor. Um, that they were to hold the vats for the chemicals, mm -hmm. they were left behind only because they were cemented into the ground. So we're actually going to take those and weld them into a 
pretty pretty thick conference table to go in that room. Oh, wow. So I have a lot of history and a lot of yeah. pieces throughout. And what a great yeah, we definitely had to buy a forklift just <laughs> 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 everything around here. <laughs> wow. So um, yeah, it'll it'll definitely be cool. But I mean, we repurposed everything possible. We took pieces of rafters that we had to take down in certain sections of the building, uh, and we had to take down probably 70 feet of a gantry crane so we can make more room for our spray booth area. Mm-hmm. And all those pieces are now making up the headers. They're making up work tables that will be uh, in all the body shop areas because uh, each car is going to have like its own little station. And so it's making up all those stations and stuff like that. So we try to keep as much history and purpose from the building in the building and also reduce waste as much as possible by upcycling and selling and recycling and well, and think, everything like that. That's a great segue, uh, Vanessa. And we had a little, uh, again, we're, mm-hmm. we're friends and we had some conversation prior to this interview. But uh, I do know from talking with you that it's, that's a good segue with the recycling and the upcycling and everything else of it being as green of a building as possible. And talk, talk a little bit about the solar power you know, and the solar, solar panels and energy uh, approach that you're planning to go with. Exactly. Um, well, so far... We have already um, gutted all of the electrical systems, which were originally in the building. It was a way overpowered system and also basically looked like a NASA space station when you went in there. But most of it would have just wasted a lot of power, powering everything down to the much smaller equipment that we'll need to operate um, our facility. But So that was the first thing we did to try to save you know, energy. And then... We also gutted the existing, I guess, well, it's not really HVAC system, it was a, it was a boiler system. They had three massive 17,000-pound boilers that took an enormous amount of fuel, um, either natural gas or, or oil. They ran off of both, but they were uh, very old and very inefficient and also would have created just nonstop rusting issues for us with the cars, so mm. we knew we couldn't use them anyway. So mm. we spent months and months and months stripping the building of the steel and the boilers um, and the boiler systems, which I actually sold to somebody who refurbishes them in Florida. And that was quite the operation to get them out of the building, um, but very interesting. But yeah, so that was the first step that we did to try to maximize that. And right now we're in the process of putting in the new HVAC systems, which we have, we, we have one system in place that will give um, heat and air to the front sections of the building and climate control through that um, means, which will be perfect, and is super efficient, energy rated, um, recycles everything, and everything is going to be on a master thermometer uh, or thermostat that's set um, in the office and can be also handled remotely so that the system basically knows to power up and power down at certain times and tries to recycle some of the air, mm-hmm. keep it in the building. So it has massive reductions in the amount of power and the amount of fuel that it uses Great. over the boiler system, which was terrible. And we're trying to, we, for all this kind of additional uh, you know, strains happened in the economy and everything lately with COVID situation, we were in the middle of, working to get uh, additional grant funds to uh, 
add that same type of system throughout the entire building, which we are going to do. It's just whether or not we do it in one phase or two phases. Mm -hmm. But at a minimum, it'll be um, very efficient air conditioning um, in the front of the building and the same type of heating system that's all controlled through a uh, thermostat that will control the whole building so that way there's no loss. Um, And then there's also going to be we re-insulated the whole roof when we rebuilt the whole roof, and we're adding insulation to all the exterior walls to try to minimize the amount of energy consumption. And then we are also working with someone to install solar panels that will completely power the entire building. So it will be, uh, when all said and done, uh, it will be a completely green-powered building with energy-efficient systems. So we are making every effort we can to do that. We do have a waterborne capable spray booth. Currently, we don't really favor waterborne products, but we have the ability to do that if it becomes necessary for environmental control mm-hmm. reasons. Right, sure. Um, but, you know, like most people in the restoration segment of the automotive repair industry, uh, it's the applications for custom colors aren't really there yet, uh, but as they continue to develop more and more of that technology, uh, we'll have the capabilities of using it um, in our day-to-day restoration work. But we can start to implement some of the waterborne if we want, if you know, customers prefer it uh, on collision and on some of the more regular painting projects. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, we're trying to we're trying to get to the point that we can get it as green as possible across the board. There's going to be a lot of things that come up for environmental things over the next 20 years. So we're going to be looking at the forefront of what products are the cleanest. Uh, you know, a lot of companies in Asia and Europe right now are looking into retrofits that involve electric engine and powering plants for older vehicles. So, you know, I'm trying to look into that. I don't think we'll be doing any for the first few years, but, uh, you know, always keep your mind on what's going to happen next in the industry and also, like, you know, the little parts that we can do that make it slightly more environmentally effective. Sure, of course. As an industry, so. Yeah, it's, we're, in a, we're in a nexus in our, in our hobby in the way that uh, electrifying everything is uh, really changing the landscape quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's definitely going in that direction. I think it'll probably get a boost now um, because there's so much more of a focus on the environment right now, but um, and, and I think it'll probably be like a 10 to 15 year saturation point before sure. it really gets mm-hmm. super popular in the industry, but right. Um, right now we're doing a lot of Bresto mods, which other than functional um, applications that they're just so much easier to drive and easier to take care of, especially if you're like me and from, you know, a younger generation that was born with, you know, cars that maybe weren't smart cars, but at least were a lot less maintenance than the average muscle car or, yeah. you know, yeah. mid-50s cars that our, our families grew up with. Um, they're still, they're not only more functional and, you know, user-friendly to drive, but they're also just by their nature of using more modern equipment much more efficient and much more energy uh, saving as far as fuel consumption. Sure. So we're working right now to try to do 
some Land Rovers actually that I converted to that. Okay. To uh, Chevy uh, LS engines and the fuel the fuel change is massive. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and there's probably some safety benefits too. I I mean I mean I can appreciate. I mean we have the, from the purists to all styles and types, but uh, certainly there's always positives to be said for each each genre, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so, um, I think just yeah. the, what's interesting too. I was thinking more about the storage component uh, component that you were saying earlier of having the facilities where they could be open air. They could be the collectors uh, collectors room where you said about having the private feed and an owner can see their vehicle real time, uh, just wherever they might be, and have a, a Wi-Fi connection, which is is great uh, from a security camera standpoint. But I imagine that. As you said, with our area being so rich in automotive uh, history and the hobby and with Hershey and Carlisle and what have you and uh, individuals coming from all over the world to these events each year, I imagine that you'll probably eventually see clientele that may have some amazing uh, six-figure vehicles in your facility that may only come to this area two, three times a year. But when they are, they, they get their vehicle out of the secured uh, hermetically sealed, or essentially a humidity controlled, temperature controlled facility, and take it for a cruise. And then when they're ready to catch their flight back to home, they take it back to your facility and secure it, and off they go, right? Uh, yeah, that actually is one of the components that we are kind of planning on uh, happening. We are going to be offering transportation to and from the facility uh-huh. um, through covered transporters. So that's one way that attract uh, people who are not local but the other aspect of that is uh, most of our customers are are, the majority of our customers now are actually not local we have a lot of really strong local customers but um, the majority of the percentage of our restoration and and custom projects Mm -hmm. um, recently have been coming from out of the area so there is a huge pull in general even for people who are not going to want to store who are going to use their cars more frequently the availability of technology for people to feel involved from afar um, is definitely uh, changed the type of customers and, and the regions that they come from, which is great uh, and was great before, uh, especially because we have a lot of customers in the military or who couldn't be you know really hands on with the job, whether they were local or um, from longer distances. But now it's even better because we already have a framework established so that people, you know, right now we can't have people in the shop or in the facilities because of social distancing, but we still have the ability to communicate with everybody about their projects mm-hmm. in the same way that we were already doing before. So that's really great. Um, and that will transition, I think also into the storage because they'll have these report card checklists, uh, sent to them every two weeks that kind of shows them what's going on with the car, but then there'll also be photos and videos to follow. And I think just having somebody there, as opposed to having it in like a storage facility where it's maybe in some little 10 by 10 garage or, or what have you, you know, somebody's actually checking on the car is there securing the building, you know, it's alarmed and sprinklered and everything like that. But mm-hmm. there's also going to be staff here, you know, wiping them down, making sure that they keep like the covers on, like rotating uh, them every couple of weeks so that the wheels aren't flattening, things like that, opening the doors, airing it out. Mm-hmm. And the other benefit is, will have the ability to actually a lot of these other service providers that have these concierge uh, climate controlled storage places they offer 
services that they outsource the car to local areas to like fix it or service it or detail it, but we will actually offer all those services in house one right. in the same building. It'll never leave so the roof. People wanted yeah. exactly. So we have a detail station, which I actually forgot to mention earlier, but we have a totally separate detail area that um, you know vehicles will be detailed before um, being picked up or delivered, uh, and then obviously if they wanted to say, oh, well, you know, the, the chrome, you know, I got a few points off of my chrome this year at Hershey, you know, I'd like to have the chrome sent out, like we can do mm-hmm. all that and mm-hmm. reassemble and re- reinstall and then just have it delivered and you just come and, you know, kind of enjoy it. But the other thing with that is we have some customers from out of the area that are, you know, lucky enough to be really avid collectors and enthusiasts and, you know, it's certainly cheaper to store. It'll be much cheaper, like a tenth of the price, you know, to store a vehicle here as, a, as opposed to the exact same type of facility in Miami or in the Hamptons. That's true. Just because of the nature of where it is. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to access vehicles in your collection for months at a time, years at a time at some point, it really is not going to make a dramatic difference whether or not that car has to be transported from two or four hours away through a covered transport, as long as they have it, you know, on that date for that show that they would like it for. Sure. You know, I don't, it doesn't really matter if it's in Miami or if it's here or if it's in the Hamptons or it's here. And we're actually working with somebody that we uh, know that does all collector uh, car sales in the Hamptons about possibly um, taking some of the cars that they store, uh, but they might actually just outsource them here just because it makes a lot more sense than, mm-hmm. you know, most of the cars are never, you know, they're maybe taken out once a year, if that, um, or people just need them in the summer months and then store them the entire winter. So, you know, if they can offer a package that is at a different rate uh, to their customers and then send them to us, then that works for everybody. So Great. No, that makes a lot of sense, and it sounds like that's really – well thought out in that whole concierge approach that you have different packages, different approaches, and, and you are customizing to the needs of various clientele, whether they're local, regional, national, international. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've really put exactly. some thought into building that out. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think for the local, um, I, originally I think we thought we were going to outsource the majority. I, I think we thought originally most of our concierge climate-controlled storage cars would be uh, from out of the area. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that because we're making our prices very competitive, um, starting in the area of like $150 a month mm-hmm. and going to $350 a month for the different packages, which mm-hmm. include various services. But our minimum package still would include like battery tender and the report card and everything like that. For that much per month, I still think that there's a, a big clientele to be serviced in this area, mostly through... Um, the war college and the many military bases that we have in this area. We have a lot of clients that get, um, you know, either deployed or um, are in the war college where they don't have as much of a garage space in the barracks. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's quite a need for storage on their part. And we've had people reach out to us for that in the past when we weren't offering it or thinking about offering it just because we were building the cars for them and they just didn't have anywhere to put them. Um, then the other aspect is this area obviously is, a, you know, has an older population and a lot of people are downsizing, but they don't necessarily want to get rid of their cars. And mm-hmm. what we've noticed in the last few years is our clientele 
we've gone, you know, from basically a lot of clients that were between 40 and 60, and we currently have a lot of clients that are between 60 and 80, and certain clients that are over 80, and that they're starting builds, you know, at 82, 83, but they're also downsizing their homes. So, you know, there's not this lack of interest in having the vehicle just because they've decided to downsize or to have maybe an apartment in Florida and an apartment here, but so having the ability to maintain the vehicle while either they decide to go to Florida for six or eight months out of the year or having a smaller facility like long-term here but still wanting to have access to a car but not necessarily wanting to have to do all the physical maintenance on the car, I think that that would be actually something that will drive a lot more local business uh, to fill up our spaces um, and then, you know, and then we'll reach out to to the longer distance group yeah that makes a lot of sense well i'm excited for everything that uh it's becoming if you would uh just for the for the listeners i know it's carlisle customs and plastics now but uh what is the the new name i know you said you had the coach works in it what's the the new name as you as you move into the new facility right i mean it'll still pretty much be you know if you refer to it for short carlisle customs and classics they'll be the full name is Carlisle Customs Classics and Coachworks LLC. Okay. And then there'll be um, different branches within that, but that'll be the overriding branch. But then it'll be, you know, Collision at Carlisle Customs Classics, Coachworks, you know, Customs on the site, and, and so on and so forth. So they'll all be under one company, but it'll just be the many different kind of moving parts that all sure. work together. Well, you're gonna, I think you're going to have a truly multi-divisional company here that's uh... – I uh, got to do a lot of great things, and I'm excited for the Scalavino family and your whole staff and, and your your working family, if you will. Well, thank you so much. We're excited, and we're excited to have you be a part of everything. And uh, well, thank you. See a lot more of you at our weekend uh, cars and coffee and everything like that. Once this all uh, gets behind us, and we can wrap up construction. <laughs> That's right. Well, I really you had said it too before we went on the air, and the fact that. You, you and your dad and the whole team are really doing a restoration of a building that's essentially the size, only nearly the size of a city block. And it's, uh, and as you said, you're you're trying to keep parts of the building heritage, the provenance of the the history of that of that facility, uh, the 121 years that it's it's been there in that town, and uh, it's it's admirable for all the work that you have done to to preserve that and to keep that heritage. While bringing in the new and and the exciting part of the innovation, you talked about making it a green facility. So you, there you are uh, taking all these you know spanning century plus, um, century and a quarter of time, and taking it from the the oldest element, like you said, the safe in 1922, to now you're taking it to uh, nearly what 98 years later uh, with cutting edge. Uh, heating cooling and, and just and how that the building itself will manage so your your restoration to the building itself is also quite impressive oh thank you so much uh we definitely uh learned the many similarities between uh renovation and restoration <laughs> throughout yeah. this process so yeah. uh it has been quite the experience and <laughs> definitely was a frame off we were hoping it'd be more of a uh Stuff and paint, but uh, right. it's definitely a frame off. So, but like most thing, like most cars, until you, until you strip it, you you really don't know what you have. So <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll be happy when it's when it's done, and I think it'll 
it was, it was definitely a long road to get here and uh, maybe not the most obvious choice when we started as far as buildings, but I think having the time to sit and renovate it over the last couple of years, really, um, I think we've maximized the space in a way that makes a lot of sense. Right. And uh, I think even though we were trying originally to be closer to Carlisle, I think actually it will be really good for this specific area. We're still right outside of Carlisle, yes. but I think it'll be a nice addition to Shippensburg. And I think Shippensburg itself is seeing a lot of development and everything lately. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we could be a part of that wave. And you're very um, accessible to of, the interstate 81 there. So that's just minutes from yeah. interstate, which is great. Exactly. And it's convenient for right now because until we can finish construction, we are still offering all of our services through our other two smaller locations, which will be wrapped into this. But mm-hmm. So, uh, thankfully, you know, we are able to continue operating while under construction, and uh, that's definitely definitely good. <laughs> well, that's uh, glad to hear that. Well, we are in the last quarter mile of our, of our journey here, and I'll let you have the final word if there's anything you want to share as a parting shot, Vanessa. For everybody to just, you know, hold on and uh, try to find little projects they can do. We're going to be trying to offer some tips and tricks to do small projects with your cars at home like while social distancing Mm -hmm. and um we are offering discounted collision services um 10 off as a general discount uh but 20 off to people uh healthcare workers grocery store workers pharmacists um truck drivers people who are you know keeping everything moving and going Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um while social distancing and shelter in place is in effect so that will be going through uh the well it'll last right now we have it till i think june 1st but uh so you know that way the last thing people need is to stress about you know getting their car fixed or repaired we are offering offering pick up and drop off and everything like that so that you don't have to come to the facility um and our same virtual restoration repairs are are always there, but we're doing that now more for collision, which we typically don't do. So that way people can minimize contacts and everything like that. But um, yeah, that's, that's basically it just for people to keep finding ways to work on their projects and keep it moving. And, you know, show season might be a little later this year, but it's coming. So it'll, it'll, it'll be good. We'll, we'll all get through this. Well, I know we don't want to say too much while you and I continue to do our planning, but we've, to the listeners of Cars of Carlisle, we've been putting some th- ideas and thoughts down uh, together as far as our two companies, Carlisle Customs and Classics and Cars of Carlisle, about ways that we can help everyone just um, maybe have a forum, a way to, to have some fun uh, virtually. And as, as you said, Vanessa, that we're continuing to follow the sheltering rules and what have you. But... Uh, if we uh, make some headway on that, we'll be sure to share that with everybody and, and certainly want uh, all you know, all fans and, and clients from both companies and everything to be part of that as well. Maybe even just we talked about possible roundtable and what everyone's doing to cope and uh, how, they're, how they're making ends meet and what they're doing clever, creative ways of uh, working on their projects and what have you. So uh, without giving, giving too much away, we'll, uh, we'll have more to share on that hopefully in the coming weeks. Yes, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much. Easter greetings to uh, your dad, Vinny, and to the, the whole Scalavino family. Thank you so much for taking time 
out of your busy week and Friday to uh, to talk with everyone here on the Cars of Carlisle show. And uh, as we always say, we'll continue to stay strong and stay together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Thank you. Take care. We are back to Studio A. A special thanks again to our friend Vanessa. Great to hear all the things happening with the building restoration, if you will. And once that's done, it's going to be a tremendous facility that we look forward to visiting in the future. And Cubers, if you would like to learn more about the Scalavinos and the work that they've done in the hot rod customs car restoration business and how that's expanding, it uh, might be good to go back and listen in the archives. They were uh, episode 74 in that Vinny and Vanessa Scalavina both spoke about their business and all the work that they've done over the last uh, 40 years, and I think it would be a great way to complement this episode 102. So check out episode 74 if you, uh, A, listened to it before, or B, if you haven't had a chance to really uh, download and enjoy it. It'd be a great time for that. want to, again, say to each of you, thank you for being fans. Thank you for staying strong and staying tough. These are trying times, and we are all in this together. Uh, I know that's become almost a catchphrase in this world, but it really is, uh, it's made things pretty um, apparent that we have to really focus on what matters in life. And uh, it's been a bit of an, uh, just a reality wake-up call for for all of us, and uh, hope you're doing everything you can to stay healthy and strong, you and your family and loved ones, and uh, hang in there. We want to give you that trivia answer. So if you recall, I had asked what is the uh, most popular or well-known, but also has produced, uh, what auto manufacturer in the country of Spain has produced the most vehicles, um, more than any other country, in fact, in Europe, second only to Germany. And that answer is Seat. Uh, Seat has been around, uh, it was formed in, in 1950. Uh, and has gone through many different iterations. They've had uh, uh, various models released. And then in the 1980s, in that decade, uh, being the automotive flagship to Spain, Seat was then acquired by the Volkswagen Group. Uh, but uh, certainly, Seats are now finding their way outside of Spain and, and can be found in all countries, especially throughout Europe. And uh, a big, again, special thanks to all of our friends in España for listening to the show and continuing to be fans. Please continue to spread the word, like, rate, review, and uh, stay on on board. We love having you as part of this journey. In fact, uh, I'll do my best for the the parting parting words in Spanish, and that would simply be, Conducía bien, que estés bien, cuidate. Or, drive well, be well and take care.